0: Welcome to the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Mark Guberti, CEO and founder of the Content Marketing Plaza, bringing you two new episodes each week where I and top-level guests teach you how to get on more stages and make a profit from your public speaking. Now, when a lot of people think about public speaking, they think about how can I get on someone else's stage? but one of the ways you can be a public speaker is through organizing your own events. And if you organize your own event, It's very easy to be the speaker for your own event. So we're going to be talking about how do we go on and organize these events in this episode. We have a really uh, special guest with us today. He is the editor and founder of the Smart Hustle magazine. He started four companies and sold two of them. And along the way, he has shared the stage with celebrity entrepreneurs such as Seth Godin, Damon John, and Simon Sinek among many others, and he's been featured in the New York Times, Fox Business, NSNBC, a bunch of others. I actually met today's guest very early in my journey. He might have been one of the first events that uh, I've ever went to, so I mean, this guest and I, we go very far back, but today's guest for episode five of the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast is none other than Ramon Ray. Ramon, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Mark, thanks for having me and I do remember the day we met. It was amazing. Uh, You were amazing then many years ago and you're amazing now and I'm happy to watch your journey of success and thanks for seeing value and having me share with uh, your community. So thanks for having me and I'm really honored to be here and I really mean that.
0: Ramon, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show and be able to meet again because we've had an interview on Breakthrough Success and we've met in a bunch of different times. So certainly a pleasure to have you back as well and I know that we're going to deliver a lot of value. Uh, Before we do that, though, can you just set the scene for us a little bit and share with us how you got into public speaking and how that also turned into you organizing some of your events?
1: Absolutely. So first and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur. As you said already, Mark started a few companies, sold two, author of a new book, Celebrity CEO. And uh, I travel around the world, uh, primarily the uh, contiguous United States, uh, helping entrepreneurs start businesses, uh, grow their businesses. Uh, because it's something I've done something I'm passionate about with a focus on marketing. Uh, how I started speaking, Mark, it, it's going to be underwhelming, uh, but I think, you know, one, I guess I I had some talent to speak and communicate that was observed by people, but I remember when I was working full-time at a job, a friend of mine, Jennifer Shaheen, the technology therapist, uh, she called me and said, Ramon, I have an event speaking at SCORE. SCORE is a free government service that helps small businesses, SCORE.org. She said, I can't go speak could you go speak? It's on technology or is on websites? I can't remember what it was like maybe 20 years ago. And she said, can you go speak? Mark, I went and spoke. And that was kind of the journey to public speaking, honing just how to click, how to use a presentation software, how to connect with people, how to be engaging. And a lot of this is nothing you can learn, I think. I think it has to be in you to connect and love people, but that's really how it started. It wasn't paid, and many speaking engagements are not paid. But I think as you speak, paid or not, People see you, and then they ask, by the way, how much is your fee? (laughs) And the rest is history.
0: (laughs) And very interesting about Ramon's start. uh, Like sometimes it's just these little moments where you don't think about them too much at the time, but they really evolve into something a lot bigger. And uh, that's certainly something that we could all hear in that story of how Ramon got started as a public speaker. Now he's going on to organize events. I mean, Seth Godin's been one of them. And I can only imagine like uh, you've done this event so many different times. Uh, so by now, I know you've got the logistics, like you've been in that for a while. And I feel like people think that, um, well, actually I was thinking about that with podcasting. I a different analogy. Uh, but I'm wondering if you could talk about the logistics, and how you plan for all that, like the location, expenses, and stuff like that?
1: Sure, that's a big, big question. We may wanna break those down a bit, but I think at a very high level, an event is comprised of, saying it from memory, I could skip a few points, is comprised of, uh, one, marketing. How am I gonna get people to come to my event? What gets people to come to the event, a large part is, what's the agenda? What's the draw? Who's gonna be speaking? Is it Barack Obama? Is it President Trump? Or is it Mark and Ramon? Those are two different kinds of levels of people. (laughs) So what's the draw? What's the agenda? Part of what's the draw, what's the agenda? It could be, you know, uh, maybe you're not having the CEO of uh, Uber come, but maybe you're having a local regional manager at Uber come. Uber has a brand name that people attract people. So that's all part. We can get into that if you remind me, Mark, of the agenda and the draw, but that's really key. What's it like? How is it set up? What's the order? Things like that. I think point three, of course, is the venue. And listen, Mark, you could have a venue that's a breather space, which is a shared, uh, you know, you go online and find space. It could be in a home office. It could be a small event. It could be a bigger event. Hotels are very expensive but easy because they have the room, they have the food, they have the AV. It could be in a loft somewhere where it's just an open space. You have to bring in the chairs, bring in the catering. So there's many places to have it, but venue is important. Uh, Four, of course, food. Are you having food or not? Um, What about things like um, AV, audio, visual, PowerPoint, microphones? What's the look, the ambience? Is it going to be just bare bones or is it going to be fancy and matching walls with matching shoes? Uh, And I think the last thing I'll mention, Mark, is uh, the the staffing. Uh, For me, I found getting an event manager uh, is is real important. I use uh, Liz Caruso of uh, Taxi Talk. uh, And there's many great event managers around the world. So those are five things I think I can think of really that that come together to make an event a success. Uh, You have to about managing it. There's tools like Eventbrite. Uh, and many other tools you can use, or Excel spreadsheets, or Google Docs, what have you. Uh, but uh, those are a few things that uh, I've used to help produce events.
0: And it's really interesting how we go deep into the mechanics of like all these different logistics. Because for some people, you may think it's just location, getting attendees, and expenses, but there's certainly a lot more that goes into it. One of the things that Ramon mentioned was getting those speakers. And I do relate to that. When I go see an event, like, do I want to go? Do I not want to go? I look at the speakers and I see uh, what they've done. So uh, that's also like, you know, you mentioned earlier, like we're whispering, like what's the speaker fee as you get bigger as a public speaker. So uh, how do you balance uh, the budget you may have set for bringing speakers in, and uh, being able to have this great list of speakers? Like how do you do both of those things?
1: Sure, well you're gonna make money from an event with three ways I think could be more. One, by ticket sales, depending on how much you're charging. And we can talk all about how to price your event, but ticket sales is one. Two, sponsors. There's companies who want to sponsor an event because they want to be in front of your audience. They want the attendee list. They want to engage with them. They want to speak from stage. So sponsorship. And three is upselling at the event itself. You're having an event, you have 50 people or 5,000 people at the event. What are you selling from stage? Be, Be very careful doing that because selling from stage can be a very slimy business. People don't like to be sold, but if they're trained to be sold, if they're expecting it, if it's a value, if it's sold in a nice way, it's okay. So those are three ways to make money and that's how you balance it. What's the venue cost? What's the staffing cost? What's the food cost, the three biggest expenses? Then of course now, is it people coming for free to speak? Am I paying maybe one main anchor speaker and the rest are gonna come for free? Why do speakers wanna come for free, Mark? I've done a lot of free speaking. It boosts our brand. We get some pictures in front of an audience which we can use for something else. Uh, we can sell something at stage. We can get new clients. So there's many reasons and, and very valid ways that speakers will speak for free if they can get something out of it.
0: Uh, that is very interesting. I have heard of the approach where you do a bunch of free speeches and then you get clients at the event. So even if you not getting paid as a speaker there are certainly a lot of ways to make money as a speaker and i would like to go back more into organizing the event because i feel like that's such a valuable skill but i'm wondering with you as a speaker uh how has organizing your event every single year affected your ability to get more speaking gigs have you seen a big uptick since you started organizing your events or would you say it's the same kind of work and not too much of a difference
1: yeah, good question. I think for me, the, the event is a way to solidify and strengthen the Ramon Ray Smart Hustle brand, largely in the New York regional area. Having those 100, people, 200 people, 300 people come there who have paid their money, taking their time to attend an event, it's an honor to me, and I hold that very precious. So having them come is them raising their hand and saying, Ramon, we trust you that you're going to deliver value to us in the time we're spending with you. We're going to learn something to help grow our business. We just want to support, show our support of you, uh, and, and work with you in other ways. So uh, that's really for me uh, what it is now. Have, has it done an increase in speaking? Maybe subliminally, but really, this is an event to build the remote array brand in New York. Now, my speaking, a lot of that has come for my social content online, which I know you talk all about. We can talk about it now or later on another show, but that's really what the speaking uptick has come for me doing tons of content education. And then online people start looking for keynote speakers, global speakers, or they're just in my funnel. They're like, well, let's have Ramon speak at our event.
0: And it is interesting how, I mean, when you organize the event, I mean, Uh, it's something that I believe Seth Godin says like own your zip code and you certainly do that by organizing the events in New York and you know there are a lot of people they want to be an international or a national speaker or something like that but if you're the best person in your entire region uh, that can obviously have a really big impact on your business so uh, definitely something to think about and Uh, There are other people who they say, like, organizing an event's great, but it's a lot of work. So what would you say uh, for people who uh, they're on the fence between organizing events and just being a speaker? Would you say just pick one or the other, or should you be doing both? Well, I think they're
1: two different things. Uh, So I do want to be clear. Wait, Two different things. And again, listen, remember, having a baby is a lot of work. Starting a business is a lot of work. Changing your oil in a car is a lot of work. So a lot of things are a lot of work, but it's a great question still. But I just wanna push back that, you know, life is about work and, and some people like pain. LeBron likes pain, but he likes the dollars too. So for me, I'd say, I think they're kind of two separate things. I think I would encourage people, if you want to be in the event business, some of the reasons to be in the event business really are to build your local brand, build your local following, build your local community, it could, unless it's an international event, but for many small businesses, where you are. You're a dog groomer and you're bring, you're doing the dog grooming show, a whole day show how to take care of your dog. That means the 77 people, 76 people who come to your event, you're the no pun intended top dog in their community. So that's one half of it. Do an event to build your brand, hopefully make some money and be more visible in your community. As far as speaking, Listen, if you want to increase your speaking, probably the best way to do that is to get out there and show your thought leadership and get videos of what you've done. Now, I must say, doing an event, videotaping yourself at your event, that's surely one way to get video, but you could probably do it a lot cheaper by being on panels, working with your local chamber, being interviewed by Mark on shows like this, and at least showing people how you can speak and communicate. So that's what I would say. I would say that speaking is good for sure, uh, but I think that producing events is kind of a line item to itself but definitely good to do for sure.
0: And you mentioned the uh, having this content like the interview, like you mm-hmm. speaking at a chamber of commerce or something like that. Uh, my question is how do you use that content to get on more stages, especially the interview format? Because my understanding is that you have to be on the stage and talking to an audience or else you shouldn't be using that video uh, on your speaker page, so I'm wondering uh, if you could share your thoughts on that.
1: You know, I think all video is good video unless it sucks, meaning unless there's something bad. But listen, whether you're being interviewed, whether you're on a panel, or you're doing a solo presentation, I say use video. The more, the better. I mean, listen, if you're if it's an interview format like this or otherwise, make sure you can use punchlines. You can use uh, not punchlines. You can use um uh, quotes. What do they call it? Uh, tidbits. Um, I forgot the word that they use when they talk about a succinct. Word that's used very well, uh, politicians use the word, um, soundbite. Use soundbites. And that, if you have your video team, they can pull that out. So Mark, um, Mark ask me what's my favorite dessert. Mark, ask me that, Mark.
0: What's your favorite dessert? My
1: favorite dessert is haagen strawberry ice cream in the microwave for seven seconds with three big slices of enderman pound cake wrapped around on the side, put back in the microwave again, warmed up a bit. That's my favorite dessert. And every small business owner should eat that dessert. See what I just did? Yeah. Format, it wasn't a keynote, but I repeated your question, answered the question. Now I have video of me saying something nice, and also I have the credibility and authenticity of you asking the question. So it wasn't in front of an audience like, yay! (laughs) It's something there. So it works.
0: And I mean, that is a very interesting approach, just having those clips and it is something that takes a lot of work, but as Ramon mentioned earlier, a lot of things take a lot of work. So it's just based on where you want to put your time, what kind of results you want to see, and taking those little clips, finding them here and there can really make a big difference for you to get on more stages. I know earlier we talked about uh, the three ways that people make money through organizing their own events. and One of them you mentioned was the tickets. And I've seen a lot of different prices for tickets. I mean, I've seen some where it's just like, you know, your typical maybe like $10 or $100. I've seen some though, those, like over $1,000 for a single ticket. So I'm wondering if you could share with us how you determine where you price your ticket at.
1: Sure. I think it's a couple of things that matter, uh, ticket pricing. One, who are you trying to serve? Who do you want to come? Uh, who do you not want to come? What value do you're adding? you're adding? I'll give you, this scenario. open up how I price it for my Smart Hustle Growth Conference. Pardon me, the event I'll be doing on October 25th. So here's how I do it. I don't, pardon me Mark, I don't want the ticket to be a $10, $30, $50 ticket. I think for the value I'm offering, it's a full day conference of food. I think that's too low. That's my opinion. The speakers we're having, the content I'm gonna provide, what I've done, $10, $50 is too low. I personally think $1,000 is too high. And also the people I want there are not going to pay $1,000. It's not like Tony Robbins is coming. Not that I'm saying I'm not a good person. It's just I know my brand equity. And I'm not Tony Robbins or LeBron James or Shaquille O'Neal or Seth Gowen or Malcolm Gladwell. So then I start looking in the middle section there. And that's where the tickets I priced, I think they're 199 or 249 something like that. I think it's a sweet spot for these smart hustlers, the seasoned business owners, mature business owners that have a good deal flow. They can afford that. And I must say, some people emailed me and said, Ramon, I can't afford to come there. Do you have tickets that are less? $50, $49. Here's what I told them. There's a lot of things that Ramon's doing that you can see him for free or cheap. I speak at the library. I have my Facebook Live. So I don't know if that helps, Mark, but I think that pricing is important. And yes, you can do $10 events, and that's a volume play. You may have a lot of people. You're doing it every month. It's more of a meetup. You have a slice of pizza. That's great. Whether people come or not, great. But the tone I'm setting, this is an all-day event on Truple North, learning from each other, talking about each other, going deep, it's worth 200 dollars What do you think?
0: Yeah, that's uh, certainly a great point. I mean, one of the things I've heard is that some people say, to get that volume, make your ticket free. But then if you make your ticket free, the people are not obligated to come. So you'll see like maybe 20 people register, but only 10 people actually exactly. show up.
1: And when you think of a free ticket market, I mean, listen, I go to free events, other things like that, things like that but I think people, it, it's, it's who you're trying to reach. You know, free does say something. That doesn't mean it's not good. And I've gone to free events, but I think we all do want a bit of exclusivity. We all want to be in a club, I think. So when you go to Burberry's, if the shoes you, about, the jacket you were going to buy at Burberry's was $20, you probably wouldn't want it. You want to pay $800 or $3,000, or a Burberry jacket, whatever that wherever, you know, it it, it means something psychologically. The brand is the cloth just as good as Kmart. I don't know, maybe, but that's what, that's what pricing does for a brand, especially at an event. Yeah.
0: And if you do make it free, it's also harder to sell people on the upsell because if people come in for free, they're kind of expecting more free stuff. So if you have like the $1,000 program, it's a lot harder to make that upsell at a free event. So, I'm really happy we talked about the pricing uh, because that's certainly like a very important area for people thinking about, uh, do I want to go? Do I want to, like, how do I want to price this? And uh, another thing that I want to cover is that I feel like we all are built on habits. Mm. So I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the habits that you'd say helped you uh, successfully organize events and be a public speaker who's in demand.
1: Absolutely. And I mean I'll share at a higher level just habits overall some things I've done. Uh, it may not be specific to speaking or events, but you saw me drink some water. Now it's because I'm thirsty and I've had a few interviews today, so it so happens. But I wake up in the morning, I drink a glass of water. It sounds weird. I got that from one of my friends. Uh, but water is important for the body, so I try to drink water. I have my water here, you know, that I fill up. So water's important. I try to eat healthy. Today I had three pancakes with tons of syrup and bacon, but generally speaking. I have an apple, nuts, and all that. So my point is, health is important. Uh, exercise is important. I think as a speaker, I think some things are, are grateful. Uh, are, are, are one is gratefulness. That's one. I happen to send thank you cards a lot. Uh, I don't send enough, but I do send thank you cards too. Um, putting yourself out there. People want to hire, want to work with rock stars, want to work with people who have a following, people who have a story. So the more I can share my story, the more I'm out there, the better it is. So that's point two. I think also the thing is I'm, I'm very uh, attuned to my audience. So when I'm finished speaking, I often ask my audience, how did I do? What could I do better? Especially not the audience, but the host. I love feedback. One of my friends yesterday, Ruchi, uh, she's a, a fan. She comes to my events. And she gave me a few ways the event could be better. So the point is, I think listening, see, when you listen, you can hear everything. So I think listening is a good part of that being a good, ironic, right, Mark? Being yeah. a we're moving a mouths as you're a speaker, but I think there's time when we need to
0: and
1: and we better speakers.
0: And uh, it, it is quite funny when you, you, like, as a speaker, your job is to keep the mouth moving, but if you're not listening, uh, you're not able to, in a Q&A, you're not able to do as well. And sometimes, like, as an event organizer, I mean, you could get a really great suggestion. I mean, I've been to events that have been very well organized that, in year one, they were completely different and not nearly as good. And it was the right. feedback that got them to where they are now. And Ramon's experiences, as you just mentioned, because when you organize an event for as long as Ramon, uh, you feel like you've dialed it down, but there's always like something that uh, can make it better. There's always that extra cherry that you can add on the top. So i um, very grateful for you uh, for sharing those habits with us. Uh, and for people who are wondering where can we find you, where we can learn more about you. I know you have your new book. So I'm just wondering for people who want to keep following you and learn more from you, where can we go?
1: Sure. Thanks for asking. RamonRay.com, R-A-M-O-N-R-A-Y.com is great. Easiest place. Uh, pretty much RamonRay.com and social and et cetera. My new book, Celebrity CEO. Be grateful when people have a look at it. CelebrityCEO.com or just go on Amazon and type Celebrity CEO.
0: Ramon, thank you so much for sharing those resources with us, which will all be in the show notes. It was such a pleasure to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast.
1: My pleasure.